0: An insta luggage brand is getting a new CEO. We're talking all things gratitude and you don't wanna miss my Friday favorite. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. If you're just joining us for the very first time, welcome. And for those of you who are avid listeners, welcome back. We have a jam-packed show today. So much has been happening and make sure to stick around to the end for my Friday favorite. I'm really excited about it and think it's really funny. So... With that being said, it's been a crazy week. Let's get you your news. Let's get to gratitude. Let's do this. So... First story of the week. The Instagram-worthy suitcases that we always are seeing on social media away. Their CEO, Steph Corey, who's also the co-founder, is stepping down. The Verge actually reported about the company's toxic culture recently, and this is coming on the, on the heels of that. So it's pretty big news. And the Wall Street Journal reports that Stuart Haselden, CEO of Lululemon, is taking her spot. Haselden's last day at Lululemon will be in early January, 2020, and then he'll transition over to the company. Corey, who is stepping down, will still remain as on the board as executive chairman. So as I said, this follows a recent story that The Verge broke, which described the workplace out of way where Corey was known for berating employees via Slack. Slack is like a, kind of like an IM thing that you use at work, you can message each other. So they were saying that she, I guess, was kind of abusing her power on that. And Corey tweeted last week that she was making things right at the company. That was her quote, making things right. And she even, she tweeted out even further, I'm not proud of my behavior in those moments and I'm sincerely sorry for what I said and how I said it. She tweeted, it was wrong, plain and simple. The Verge reported that she said that she's also been working with an executive coach since the incidents were spotlighted in that report. And then according to the Wall Street Journal, Away had been looking for Corey's replacement since spring, actually. So was it because of the report? Was it not? Who knows? Was it for the same reason that they've been looking since spring? We don't know. My thoughts... I'm actually really shocked by this. That's why I wanted to talk about it today. I became really fascinated with a way a a while ago after listening to Jen Rubio, the other co-founder on How I Built This. Great podcast if you don't listen. And they're such a new company. She talked about her and um, Steph Corey starting it up. They're both co-founders and a new age company that it seems like puts a really big emphasis on company culture as these like new startups do. So I guess for me, it's kind of just like one of those realizations. Like, yeah, like, I guess it's true. Like as cheesy as it sounds or as cliche, like every rose has its thorn, the grass isn't always greener, all those things that the startup culture life maybe isn't all that great as you think it may be. So this was just kind of like a sad story to me, a surprising story, Um, hopefully this helps them as a company and I'm not sure. I don't know too many details about what she was saying and like what, um, these incidents entailed, but it sounds like she's trying to take care of it. There's two sides to every story, so I'm not too sure on that, but it's interesting that they pulled in this guy named Stewart, the CEO, COO of Lululemon to be taking this spot. Um, hopefully it turns out well for them. It is interesting since Lululemon has had its own share of accusations and alleged happenings at the company when it comes to toxic company culture. One to watch, hopefully everything turns out okay for a way. Their luggage is really cute and really nice and I love the founder's story so hopefully everything turns out good for them. I was just very surprised by that. Next story, Google has rolled out a new version of Chrome this week and it includes a number of security Settings, specifically a number of password protection improvements according to The Verge. So the biggest addition is that Chrome will now warn you when your password has been stolen as a part of a data breach. So you can control a lot of these functions within the settings and Google will warn you if your password's been reused before on a certain website. So it's kind of nice that they're rolling out these different features. They'll also um, be encrypting anytime they are doing copies of passwords, or saving your passwords, encrypting all of them, and including multiple layers of encryption, so nobody, in theory, nobody can access it. And then alongside with these password warnings, Google's also trying to improve its phishing protection with a real-time option, which is actually pretty cool, so um, The Verge reported that in the past Google has been using a list of phishing sites that updates every 30 minutes, but it turns out some of these fraud fraudsters is what they call them. These like hacker, spammer, not good people have been quickly switching domains and hiding from Google's crawler. So they were kind of beating that 30 minute mark. But now Google is releasing a feature that can do new real time protection that should generate warnings 30 for 30% more cases of phishing as what was reported, which is actually pretty cool. So and last but not least, Google is also improving the way it holds multiple Chrome profiles. So if you've ever been signed into your email and you're searching the web, you can see that little circle in the corner with your profile picture or the letter, like just an A if I don't have a profile picture on there. And you can kind of bounce around through different accounts that way. So they're going to make that have a better visual indicator, I guess. I don't know exactly what it will look like, but maybe it'll be a little bigger or at least more noticeable because <laughs> I don't know if anyone else ran into this problem, but you'd be logged into like, say your school email and you'd be on YouTube. And then once you are like in school and like logged in in class and you go to YouTube, you see like that history. I just remember like a bunch of Ariana Grande on the side and I'm like, oh, like I'm <laughs> trying to like minimize that part of the screen, like recently watched in class. Cause it's like, oh dang. I was logged into my university email rather than my personal, just because it's like you forget to switch out of them because Google remembers your remembers your search history. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully you know what I'm talking about, but they're going to make that easier. So you don't get confused about which one you're logged into. So my thoughts, I love this. Go Google. Hopefully this works out and that we're more protected. I really like Chrome and think that so far has been the best option for browsers. It's just so easy, so nice, especially if you work with a lot of different Google tools, which I do love Google Calendar. Love me some Google Docs. (laughs) Next story. This one is a crazy one. I'm just going to read the first two sentences of the article itself. I'm not even going to paraphrase just to like give it to you straight. So the Verge reports, this is the Verge's words. Unicorn, the electric scooter startup from the co-creator of gadget tracker Tile, is shutting down operations after blowing all its cash on Facebook and Google ads, but only receiving 350 orders for its glossy white e-scooters, it claims. In an email to customers, the company says it lacks the resources to deliver any of its $699 two-wheelers and won't be issuing refunds. As we are completely out of funding, quote unquote. Whoa. Okay. So that was just that opener of the article. I just read it straight up because so I was like, I, I, I can't even say it any better or worse. It's bad. So, super crazy. With the rise of all these scooter companies, I'm sure you've seen the birds rolling around or the lime. There's like the lime bike, the lime scooter, I'm sure you've seen. Or people crashing on them and running them around town. So we've seen the rise with all these scooter companies. And the guy who is the co-creator of Tile, if you it's like that thing you hook on to like your gadgets, devices, whatever, so you don't lose them, you can kind of keep track of them. So he wanted to get in on that. So Unicorn, this e-scooter brand, emerged about six months ago, pitching itself as an affordable alternative to these other shared scooters. So you can actually buy this one. And the scooter was going to have GPS tracking, smartphone tracking, or locking, There you could unlock it with your phone, and was going to be able to connect with the tile, which made sense because that's his other company. So it was going to be like the Tesla of scooters, apparently and I guess they didn't plan accordingly. This actually isn't the first fail in the e-scooter game, as crazy as that sounds, but The Verge also reported on another company called Inboard Technology that was an electric skateboard startup from California, and now they're currently liquidating all their intellectual property, all their assets, after trying to make the pivot to electric scooters, and all of their employees were laid off, all 24 employees. So this unicorn company isn't the only one to fail, but it's just interesting, like the rise of who, why people are succeeding, why they're not. And just the fact that even good marketing can't save you if your product isn't stable, if your business isn't stable, and this is coming from a marketer. So in a remorseful email, so this is what the Verge reported as well. Just, I, I'm I'm just doing a lot of this like word for word because it's A little wild. So The Verge reported in a remorseful email, Unicorn CEO Nick Evans said the company had, quote, totally failed as a business, quote. End quote. And has also, quote, spread the cost of this failure to you, the early customers that believed in us, because they're not returning any refunds to anyone. So all of those 350 sales that they made, they're not getting their money back. And these are expensive things like they're $699. So There was a quote from a guy that was like, oh, I bought one for my daughter's Christmas present and now she doesn't get one. And now it's like I don't have any extra money to spend on other presents because that was a lot of money. Like that's an expensive gift. So right now the company is just telling people to dispute the charge with their bank. Like the company like isn't gonna do anything, but it's like, go to speed the charge with your bank to try to get your money back. So this is just a whole bunch of yikes, ay ay ay. So really sad, really interesting. Like I have so many thoughts about this. I think the craziest part of all is that he specifically said in like this long letter, you can go, like if you just Google unicorn CEO, I'm sure you can find it, that he specifically calls out the online marketing that they just spent too much money on their Facebook ads and Google ads and you know that has me <laughs> raising a lot of questions like i just want to see the back end on this like what was their cost per conversion on these ads like what was this ad copy like who was running these what was the budget here very confused so curious i think this is a good cautionary tale it's very sad but also like a good i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned here that great marketing can't fix a business that's already struggling It's kind of like when people say like all those self-help tips, like, oh, you need to start from within before you can make changes. And it's like true. It's true in the business world too. You need to make sure your business is running smoothly, has it all together and then you can, like the marketing is just the cherry on top to get people to know about it, but marketing isn't going to save your business. Like that sounds like there was some in, like internal issues first. So I think it's just a good lesson there. And then also be smart with your advertising budgets. That's kind of crazy that they just spent it all on that to try to make their money back. So be smart with your advertising budgets and <laughs> yeah, very crazy a lot of questions but hopefully um tile's doing okay so if there's any employees from this maybe he can move them over to tile his other company yeah so but a good lesson for us all and it's just really something interesting to think about too and with that being said it is time for our working girl topic of the week we're talking gratitude and i'm sure you're like what thanksgiving's over but hear me out there's a lot of great reasons why so if you type in gratitude statistics into google as i did you actually run into a lot of amazing research you'll see forbes articles a lot of different studies from psychological journals from different universities gratitude is a big deal and just because thanksgiving is over doesn't mean we should stop talking about it i actually think it's the opposite. In fact, a 2014 study published in the Journal of Applied Sport Psychology found that gratitude increased in athletes' self-esteem, which is an essential component to optimal performance. And I'm just thinking you, like we're all like our own little athlete all performing every day at work. Bear with me here. <laughs> and other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons, which I think is really just something nice to hear when we're in the social media age where we're always comparing ourselves to someone else, so that it can help with that too. I also found a really interesting study. So it comes from the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. And these two PhDs were basically like, yeah, we know gratitude like helps make you happy, but a lot of these studies have been focusing on people who are already like happy people. Could it help people who like, does gratitude really help someone who's really coming from like a low, somebody who's struggling from anxiety and depression? So they got 300 college aid students to get like, they're going to be in the study who were already seeking mental health counseling and they divided them into three groups. So all three groups were going to receive their counseling services and they made sure to find people that were kind of at the beginning of their counseling services as well. So they were all going to receive counseling services, but the first group was also instructed to write one letter of gratitude to another person each week for three weeks. The second group was asked to write about their deepest thoughts and feelings about negative experiences. The third group didn't have to write anything so that was the control group. So as they watched these different participants compared with the participants who wrote about negative experiences or only received counseling, those who wrote the gratitude letters reported reported significantly better mental health results 4 weeks and 12 weeks after their writing exercise ended. This suggests that gratitude writing can be beneficial not just for healthy, well-adjusted individuals, but also for for those who struggle with mental health concerns. It just gives me chills. It's so cool. So, and they obviously give more detail and stats in the actual study if you go on their website, but I think the sentiment is really cool too that um, incorporating a gratitude practice or um, just being more grateful is helpful for basically everyone and can have an impact on everyone and just how much it can change your life. So recently I've had a lot of changes happen in my life, a lot of big ones. And it's just like, it's really easy to stress out about stuff like that. It's like, Oh no, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's my life? And then the other day when I was driving home from work and I was like thinking about all this like crazy work stuff, I was like, wait, like, I'm so grateful. I even have a job and like, can be stressed about work. So I was trying to like, kind of trick, not trick, but like train my brain to think of like about it a different way. And immediately when I was like thinking so much of like, Oh man, I'm just grateful. I even can, I'm having these, like, I'm thinking about, Oh, this ad campaign. And like, it's cool that I'm even like, I even have that problem. So kind of flipping it opposite, making it more of like a grateful experience. And then like those feelings, feelings of stress really try, like started to melt away. So it really made me think about how gratitude, how important that is just in daily life. And I wanted to throw out some, because this is Working Girl Talk, we're all about the simple tips, actual things you can do. So I wanted to throw out some simple ways to show gratitude at work and also incorporating it into your daily personal life as well. So we're going to dive into some of these simple ways you can show gratitude in the workplace. And it's funny because as I made this list, it was interesting that you can almost interchange the word gratitude with respect too. Um, like the more you show gratitude to others, it's almost like the more respect you're showing to others and to yourself. I don't know. That may, that may be just me, but I thought that was interesting. So obviously number one, making sure to say thank you. How many times you have, you held the door or the elevator for someone and they didn't say thank you. And you're kind of like, mm. <laughs> like, it's so it's just nice in the workplace to remember that no matter what, so like they hand you a pencil there, they open the door, whatever. It's just nice to say thank you for someone to someone and really acknowledge that. And then anytime that somebody's giving you help, like, really just telling them that you appreciate them like oh i really appreciate that you helped me do that and taking the time to do that um recently a uh, like i i don't even know what i did but then i got an email later after that said oh i appreciated you taking the time to make that meeting agenda or whatever and that extra mile of like oh getting an email it's like they really thought about me after and we're like, oh, like I really appreciated that. Like that is kind of like that step above just saying it, like shoot, shoot somebody a little email or a Slack, like, oh, just wanted to really say thank you. Or like, I just wanted to let you know, I appreciated what you did in the meeting or something. Goes a long way. And taking it a step further, and this is where I'm kind of like towing the line a little bit between showing respect and gratitude, which I feel like can kind of be interconnected here is I think just having a clean workspace for, for me, that's showing respect to your fellow co-workers that you care about being there and that you're engaged and that you want to be there, want it to be a nice place to look at and be. So making sure that your desk is tidied up and that you're leaving the break room or um, anywhere that you eat the way you found it. Just valuing the other people's space as well, that they have to look at your desk. It's public viewing that... Um, you're grateful that they're in your workspace, so make it as enjoyable as possible for them as well. And then lastly, I would say another way to show gratitude in the workplace is to be on time, be grateful that you even have meetings with these people, be grateful that you have like that you work with your coworkers kind of in that mindset of what could I do to show my coworkers, my boss, that I'm grateful for them. You're, if you're showing up on time, ready to be engaged not the person that walks in late, all shuffled. Oh, sorry. Like if you're showing up on time, ready to be engaged, that's showing them that you're grateful that they're taking the time to talk to you, to bounce ideas, to brainstorm, anything like that. So anytime someone is sharing time with you, time is valuable. Make sure that you're reciprocating, engaging and that will show that you're grateful for them. So hopefully those few tips helped. And then last but not least on that, I thank you know, always goes a long way, whether that's a job interview, just um, some help on a campaign or somebody covered your shift. I think, you know, it goes such a long way. Really gratitude for, I think overall in the workplace, gratitude is respect. Gratitude is kindness. Gratitude is just showing people that you care and value them. How do we practice gratitude in our personal life? A while ago when I had Doll Alfuerz on the podcast, she talked about how she does a five-minute journal. This is something that is super helpful, super beneficial. You can find them on Amazon and it's just like little prompts. It just takes five minutes daily that you practice uh, gratitude practice and it also has like some goals and stuff like that that you fill out, but it just takes five minutes and you can do it right when you wake up and it just starts your day off on such a happy note. And it doesn't even need to be that specific book if you're just thinking of things that you're grateful for and happy about as soon as you wake up then you can't focus on the negative, which leads me into my next one. When Noelle Creamer was on the show a few episodes back, she talked about a lot about if you have a sense of gratitude about you, you don't have time or thought or energy to be stressed out or to be anxious because you're so focused on what you're grateful for and what you're happy about. So for me, another practice of daily gratitude would be thinking of three things you're grateful for as you're falling asleep at night, kind of sets the tone for the day and really just reminds you, it kind of puts you back in base mode, like balances you out a little bit because you're getting back to that. whoa like, what am I grateful for? Which I think too, that can be the lesson overall. As soon as you feel like you're stressing out about something, go back to, wait, what am I grateful for right now? Oh, well, I'm in air conditioning or I have a car, right? Just whatever that situation entails. Um, It's always a great place to get back cut down on that stress as Noelle said because you're so focused on what you're happy and grateful about that you won't have the energy to be focused on what's making you stressed out and maybe you might even realize that what's making you stressed out shouldn't be and it's not as important or crazy as it seems and Last but not least, if you need to set a timer in your phone to like, hey, remember to think about something grateful, I think that's a great place to start as well. Timer in your phone, mark it off in your Google Calendar as like your five minutes of like gratitude time. And every study I looked at said that this takes time for somebody to really adopt a mindset of being grateful. Um, it took a few months for people that weren't used to that. So don't be hard on yourself. If that is something hard for you to be like, oh, I'm going to take a moment and like really think about it. And, um, even if like you do it and you feel like I'm not any happier or anything, like it takes time to really let it sink in. So don't worry about that. And I'll leave you with this quote before we head into my Friday favorite from the great Oprah Winfrey. Be thankful for what you have, you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never ever have enough. Wow, some good wisdom from good old Oprah. And hopefully, and I know today's episode was a little different, but hopefully this inspired you to start incorporating a gratitude practice and check out some of those tips, like the five minute journal, setting a Google calendar reminder just to practice some gratitude um, for yourself personally, but also in the workplace to other people. Before we go, my Friday favorite. I'm super excited because Google released the year in search this week, and there are some good ones. So at the end of the year, Google releases the top search queries of the year, and we have them, and I am so excited. (laughs) Hopefully, this didn't disappoint you because I led this up in the beginning of the episode. So can we guess what the number one search query in the USA this year was in 2019? It was... Disney Plus. (laughs) So I don't know if you guessed that or not, but I'm not too surprised. I just I think it's interesting that Disney Plus actually got released pretty late in the year, but obviously there was buzz all throughout the year. But I'm sure that when it was released this past month or two, that the search has just skyrocketed and it must have made it just really go into that next level because it's number one, <laughs> which leads me to some other ones, which are pretty funny. So they do break it down by category. So they have a news category, a song category. So like what were the top songs searched that year, for example. So they have a baby category. So top baby search in Google in 2019 starts with baby Yoda is number one, which I love. I've probably contributed to that quite a bit. Number two, Baby Shark makes a lot of sense. Number three, Royal Baby. And number four, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Baby. (laughs) So you can see where our priorities are here when it comes to babies and I'm not mad about it. I love me some Baby Yoda, (laughs) which also goes back to that too, that like that's that must have just skyrocketed recently because I don't know how many people knew about a Baby Yoda in the future earlier this year. Like I feel like it must have had to be when Mandalorian came out. So that's a lot because I was pretty recent. And then in the news category, Area 51 Raid was the number four most searched query. Way funny. In the song category, we had Old Town Road is number one. Seven Rings is number two, which makes sense. Old Town Road, super viral, caught the world by storm. I was an avid listener, still am. And then Ariana Grande, of course, seven rings that just blew it up as well so that makes sense and then last but not least we're going to finish off with the what is category in the google search query of 2019 the what is category number one what is area 51 number two what is a visco girl Number three, what is Momo? I'm sure you remember, but um, there was that like kind of viral weird challenge going around that was scaring all the little kids. It was like a Japanese statue and they called her Momo. And it was something like if your parents saw it, they would die. Or it was like a weird, scary, creepy thing. But so that was number three. What is Momo? Number four, what is Boomer? Which that's what the kids are calling old people these days. A boomer. <laughs> and then number five for the what is category is what is quid pro quo. So those just really capture all of what 2019 was. I'm loving all the Area 51 ones. I just love that that took off. That was also a Friday favorite earlier this year on the show. So, so many good things searched this year. Definitely check out the full list if you're curious because I just love stuff like this. As we probably deep in our hearts predicted that Disney plus takes the cake. And with that, thank you so much for listening to working girl talk today. If anything resonated with you, if you're a baby Yoda fan and like Disney plus rate review, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you and every single listener and subscriber out there with that, I will say happy Friday and I will talk to you next week.